0: Welcome to Power Yourself, where I talk about the most important topic in the world, you. Welcome to Power Yourself. Today's episode, ethics. And with me on this journey, I have an individual who has an ethical company. So actually, let's be honest, one of my favorite companies out there, and I'm usually head to toe in this company's clothes. So Candice, welcome to today's episode. If you want to do an intro, that would be awesome.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. Um, I am Candice Monroe. I own Buttercream Clothing. Right now we are based in Alberta and everything is made ethically and locally in Canada. We make beautiful, delicious clothing out of bamboo blends. Um, you can imagine from the name Buttercream Clothing, it feels as soft as butter on your skin. And we have had ethics in our origin story um for nine years now, and this is the path that we've chosen. So I'm super excited to chat with you and connect with you. And it's amazing to actually talk with um a customer slash podcast host. So
0: thank you. <laughs> oh, customer, yes, I've embraced <laughs> that. <laughs> Two <laughs> years, for sure. Okay, so what I'm gonna do, Candice, is I just want to start out with um, the definition. Let's—I I quickly Googled, got the term "ethical" or "ethics," and let's kind of branch from there. But basically, by looking it up, if you do a quick Google search, it's gonna say a moral philosophy that can help guide behaviors to what is right and wrong. Principles that help guide us to make more positive impacts through our actions and our decisions. So really considering basically best choices, not just for ourselves as individuals, but also for a collective good and a common good as well. So Candice, to be an ethical company, what does that actually look like?
1: So, an ethical company can mean so much, um, and for me, from the very beginning, it, it started with me, and um, at that time, I was just thinking about a way to stay home with my children, uh, being creative, creating my own job, and it blossomed out of there because of a necessity for an income. So, it's funny when you look back at the history of the business, this business in particular, that's where it started, literally at my kitchen table, making one garment at a time. And as we grew, I made the real conscious decision to stay local. Um, and I'd like to talk about this too. Uh, you and I talked about this previously, Phil. We don't necessarily, because we're local, um, it doesn't mean there are not options that are overseas or not local, you can still have an ethical business in other capacities, but that was my choice is to keep it in Canada. Um, so it was quite easy moving forward to make all the decisions based around that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so just to get specific, what does it look like? So you're saying, I totally get what you mean about it can be overseas as well to keep it ethical company. But if you were to describe it to somebody who's never heard before of an ethical company, what, how would you describe that?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak on mine because I'm an expert in that field. My company looks like myself uh, running the business from literally my kitchen table again on my computer. Um, <laughs> it's not very fancy here. We keep things pretty basic at Buttercream even though we have grown a lot. And then um, as part of the team, we've got a, a bunch of beautiful home seamstresses, uh, men and women that sew for us. So they're doing production out of their houses. Mm-hmm. And then there's three ethical local factories in Calgary that we deal with. Um, These are kind of mom and pop setups. You can imagine it's usually husband, wife, duo running the factory, and then they've got employees working there for them. And we make sure to vet those out really well, make sure that they're um, up to all of our standards as far as their payment of people, treatment of people, working conditions, all of that's very important. We do a lot of um, research in that realm. Um, So that's the production side. We've got... A designer that works remotely for us that does digital patterns um, which is really cool for customers to hear about because the production part is it feels like magic like you order on the site and then you get things whether it ships right away or if it's pre-sale and it ships in weeks <laughs> but that part when we're talking about components and putting stuff together i think that's really cool to see the background um, so that's production we've got that side of the business. That's one very, very important side. And then the other side of our business is ladies. Um, We've got five ladies now working at a warehouse in the South of Calgary in Okotoks. Um, So they're all working, packing orders. They're amazing. They're doing photo shoots. There's a whole creative team. Um, And yeah, lots of support staff virtually. So we've got virtual assistants. Anyways, when I think about ethical and I think about an ethical business for me, it's very much about the people Um, whether it's our customers in our community or whether it's our staff and contractors, seamstresses, like that to me is how we run an ethical business, making sure everyone's really getting taken care of on many levels, not just, um, you know, employment, like we make sure to have a well-rounded business. So that's how I run my ethical business is taking as much responsibility for the people that we work with, um, and trying to make their lives better for being a part of Buttercream.
0: (sighs) I love that. I love that investment in the people, right? You hear so much of sometimes companies can become so big so fast that sometimes we lose sight of the people working. So it's just so beautiful to hear somebody who owns a company who has that much care and that much value on their employees. So, as somebody who Coaches, leaders, fantastic job. <laughs> like, awesome job. And then I also heard another piece, and the piece that jumps out from my head when we say ethical is the ethically sourced. So looking at your product, looking at where the material is coming from and where it's made. So I think that's just such an important piece that sometimes we don't realize or don't look into. If you were looking for uh, maybe a new warehouse, to tap into, you know, creating some of your products, what would be something specifically that you would ask? What stuff that you would look for so that you can make sure it fits with that kind of ethical piece for you? Curious. Yes.
1: So going back to the people again, Mm -hmm. um, we're always going back and forth with our contractor home seamstresses, making sure that the pay is enough for their work like that's very important and we have this open dialogue I'm usually texting most of them daily um, about many things so I consider them more than just a part of the team and then when we're dealing with a brand new factory for instance if we're sampling with a factory we like to ask about the pay of their employees um, WCB like we really get into it and we make sure to vet them out um, I also like references For instance, there's other great Canadian brands that I am friendly with. So I'll say like, if you've used this factory, can you tell me about them? Mm -hmm. Maybe they've had experience with them. So that's very valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then apart from production, fabric is a very, very important part of it. And um, we make sure to talk with our fabric suppliers and have a really close relationship with them as well. Um, So one, our main fabric that we use for probably 95% of our garments is bamboo blend. It's a bamboo, bamboo cotton spandex blend. Um, this has a certification on it, and if people want to look it up, I think it's really awesome to do a bit of your own education at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll spell it for you. It's spelled O-E-K-O T-E-X. So this is a certification that is um, pr- providing information that the fabric is made in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as many certifications that you can get, whether it's dealing with factories or dealing with fabric suppliers, Uh, trying to source more more locally again, if you can, trying to source organic, um, you know, the highest, and I I hesitate to use the word eco-friendly because it's very hard to call fabric Mm -hmm. eco-friendly, but the more sustainable types of fabrics or fibers is great if you can. And I always say we do the best that we can at the time. And for the most part, the people that make the garments are what we have the most control of right now. And as we grow and as we can, that's when we're sourcing um, more sustainable fabrics, uh, more sustainable supplies, the whole supply chain. The problem that we run into is you need very high quantities. So you need to be ordering, you know, 10,000 meters at a time. And we're not there yet. But I think as a business, even if you're growing your own business, um, making the best choice at the time and then doing better every year, um, that's something, that's not nothing. If you can take one like solid step, um, whatever that is, maybe that's increasing your size range. Like we're trying to increase every
0: year, um, and just take a bite at a time as we can. I love it. There's so much I can dig into on what you just said, but what is really resonating for me, Candice, cause we'll go to the specifics of like what companies can do, what individuals can do. We'll try to take the conversation there in a bit, but what I want to go back on is just how you're describing being an ethical company, and it kind of starts whether it's an ethical company or an individual trying to maybe purchase more ethically. It really sounds like having the courage to ask the questions, to have a conversation, and to really be, you know, whether you're comfortable or not, it doesn't matter, but holding space for that and getting curious. Would you say that's right?
1: And I think as a brand, um, education piece is so important too. Um, That's what we do a lot of the time, whether it's on social media or on our VIP. uh, We have a VIP Facebook group called the Buttercream Clothing Try-On Group. So I think the education part as a brand, if you can be conscious of that and really thoughtful as you're promoting your launches or products or whatever, don't forget the piece about, you know, the people. For me, again, that's so important. I often talk about seamstresses or our support staff um educate your community excuse me, educate your community about those components and then um, about the process too. So our process is very different from a lot of brands uh, slow fashion is definitely a learning curve which we talk about. Um, but yeah, to go back to the original question, I think as a consumer reaching out to a brand or a company about their processes or suppliers or, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but even better yet, as a brand, if you can educate without having to be reached out to, that's like a service that you can provide, which I think is very
0: valuable. I love it that you speak to both lenses. Like as a consumer, we can ask the questions, we can seek the information. So we're not just blindly purchasing, but also as companies being more transparent, being more vocal about what your process is can help all of us make kind of better decisions. I see.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it builds that community. It's a really smart tool. Um, The more you can let people in and so many people that own businesses, they think it's boring. Like what I do every day, people probably think it's boring, but I do think it's um, informative and insightful if customers or community can see what's going on in the background. Um, It just creates that buy-in and understanding of like, Oh, this garment is going to take how many weeks, but you see the process um, behind it all. So, it creates a responsibility across both sides. Like as far as the people asking and the people informing, I feel like that relationship becomes so strong.
0: It, like I always think when people are talking as like, cause my day job is like the team's piece, right? Looking at everything as a team. And as you're talking, it, it, what you're mentioning that transparency is what builds trust, right? It's what builds, um, that transparency of your company which allows people to have that buy-in to allow people to want to support it to feel trust with it and to also um, kind of allow like I think trust goes with it but trust in the leadership of it trust in the decisions of it because if you're being so transparent it allows you to to invest in that, yeah. uh, product, you know, like it's, it's smart a
1: big piece as far as with the community. I think it's a smart thing to like let people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of it's not fun or a lot of it's not easy. My job for, for the most part is troubleshooting. So I don't often talk about all the problems, but, um, it does build, it validates your business. It validates you as an owner and your brand. Like I think it just puts so much more, um, you know, real context into the business or the situation. So if you're a brand owner, like showing that side of the business is lovely if you have capacity for that.
0: Well, it's honestly I think it's one of the reasons that I have like seriously your company has just been something that I'm so gravitated towards, not only because you mentioned earlier about the super soft, I love it how you described it as delicious clothing. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's very correct. Uh, But it's so soft. But it's also how you educate your customers, how you involve your customers, I also see as another beautiful thing. You know, you have a huge Facebook following. And it's always a continuous dialogue, like you're asking questions or getting input. And honestly, I know this isn't on our topic, but I feel your company needs to shout out for it. Like it's just the best customer service I've ever encountered in my whole entire life. Like it means a lot to us. Well it is. Like you're you you do treat everybody like people. <laughs> you know, like it's that respect piece. And as a customer, I just want you to say like it is really seen in your interactions with your customers.
1: Yeah, that makes me feel so, um, like, so seen because we, every person we deal with, whether it's myself or the team, um, I want them to feel important no matter what they're buying, or even if they're not buying, if they're just, like, hanging out watching what's going on online, um, it's so important that people are seen and heard, and sometimes it sounds like such a minuscule problem or issue, but if we address it in a really kind and positive way, it turns into a beautiful thing, and then the word spreads. Um, and I like the part that you noticed about asking our community, um, their feedback like that from the very beginning, when I started the business, I was doing these at home dress parties. So I'd bring dresses, like a suitcase of dresses that I made to someone's house and then they'd have a party and the ladies would try the dresses on and then I'd go home and do these custom orders. Um, but ever since those days, like people tell me what they want and having that pulse on what your consumer actually really wants. Um, I think is so successful. It's such a good way to run a business because you can pivot really quickly and make changes or make sure you're getting them what they actually want because that's what what you'll sell. Like it just makes sense. So we use our community as that like sounding board often, um, like very often, probably monthly. Just like, what do you want to see or what color do you want or what should we name this product? Like I love that. That for me gives me so much joy to see that interaction.
0: But it's not only just the asking of the questions, you really take the information. <laughs> like, you, take awesome. it you listen to it and you action it. It's actually, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek. Um, I'm a huge, like I love his work. And it's a lot of what I see in your company is more in that infinite game. Like it's looking mm-hmm. at the bigger picture. Not only are you supporting it with, you know, great customer service, involving your customers, the ethical branding, the ethical, like seeking out um, to support, ethically um ethical businesses or people making sure fair pay um all of those pieces I feel it invests in not only your business like I'm a believer of it invests in society, like our future too, right?
1: Yeah, I hope so. Like when I look at the brand, there's so many small pieces that we deal with daily just to make things happen and move forward. And then sometimes I'll get this email like this garment has changed my life. Like I have an issue where I can't wear scratchy fabric and your fabric has changed my life. Like, I think from a bigger um, perspective, it, it's really cool and very humbling as I see these things. So I think it's amazing. Um, I think it's just really good business to listen to what your people want because every great seller, every best seller was not my idea. And it's very cool to see that. Like, When a customer says, hey, I love this, but we should change that or you should try this and we do it and it works like that feels that feels great. That's what we're here for.
0: So as as you talk again, I always continuously go back to the structure of a team. And one of the biggest key things that we suggest to leaders who are trying to be more effective is listening to their team, listening to the audience. And again, Candice, like it's funny, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a check-in <laughs> on effective leadership, but no guys, the topic is ethical. I promise you that ethics. <laughs> but again, like just fantastic job with being able and listening to people and actually allowing it to impact your decisions. I think that's very rewarding as being one of your customers yeah
1: and it's easy like I find it quite easy to pull from outside sources rather than having to come up with it myself um like that's such a gold mine as far as content and ideas and making awesome um actual ideas or pieces you know like that's for me it's simple like ask people what they want and listen it's really not that hard and then even other things that come up like um, sizing. If if we see, and I know we need to do more to be inclusive for sizing, um, but if we see people requesting these sizes, like, of course, we're going to make more sizes. Um, that being said, as a brand too, being responsible and conscious mm-hmm. of this, we are trying to get ahead of the game and making, expanding our sizes um, to the top end of our size range before being asked. So I think that's a really nice place we, where we can provide that service again. Uh, We're at 4X right now, we're doing extra small to 4X and with plans for 5X and then hopefully 6X, but we're taking it as we can, get it done. So I don't know, I just think that whole part of it, listening to people and really, really taking the feedback, whether it's a fit suggestion, a new garment suggestion, you don't have to do everything for everyone, you can't do everything and be everything for everyone, but taking these tidbits and really um, sitting on it and implementing it. I think that's where our success has come from. I I can't take much credit because we just listen <laughs> to
0: people. Yeah, but that's again, that's effective leadership, right? Is when you tap into other people, it allows people to then become part of it. You know, right. it becomes part of the journey we now feel invested in your company because we were included, you know, we were involved in the conversation and that allows us that a stronger relationship to the brand, right? It's very impressive, um, but I'll try to keep away <laughs> from any uh, any more quotes about the leadership piece. So, bringing it back more to the ethics piece, I'm curious, what made you want to stick with that ethical piece? Like, what was it that made you want to keep your company ethically based?
1: Yeah, um, I think most leaders and most owners want to always do the best thing. I think I believe in the best of people. Um, As tempting as it may be to send things to cheaper manufacturing, for instance, um, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the brand. It doesn't fit our our ethos, our lifestyle. So um, for us, for myself, it was just this really hardcore decision of sticking with what we started with. Um, and hoping to make a difference in the people that work for us in their lives, like that part is very powerful. So, yeah, I don't know if that I really had a choice. I felt like this is how I'm starting. This is how I'm gonna continue. It was just the path. So, um, I'm sure there there could have been a point where I deviated, but I just never really entertained that thought. I think is what I'm getting at. It was just what I wanted and what it is. Um, and I think Buttercream really become known for that, like ethically made in Canada that is the brand now. That's the whole backbone of the brand. So for me, it's quite an easy decision just to stay in that lane. Um, The very, very beginning of Buttercream nine years ago um, was around the time of the big collapse in Rana Plaza at one of the big factories there Mm -hmm. um, overseas. And that was a terrible, devastating loss. So it coincided with me growing this brand and I made this commitment at that time is this is going to stay local. Um, But also with the awareness that you can certainly do things overseas ethically. I I really like to pinpoint that because I think um, it's easy just to pigeonhole things. Mm -hmm, uh, For sure. But being local is convenient for us. And like I say, again, the people, that component, changing local people's lives and economies like that for us is pretty cool.
0: So it sounds like And totally correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like it almost came from you placing so much importance on your employees and that kind of allowed it to be like that ethical brand, like continue with that. That's so cool.
1: Because for us, it's always the people, like no matter what it is, it's like the people are our biggest asset Mm -hmm. in this brand. So whoever they are, whatever they're doing, I know I can't do it all myself and I cannot do it as well as them. <laughs> like the, the sewing, the garments themselves, the quality went up a lot after I stopped sewing because <laughs> I'm good, but these people are great. Like I made some beautiful things, but these people are like top notch and the stuff that our seamstresses have done. Um, my one seamstress, Christina has worked on a whole bunch of Hollywood movies, like making garments for stars and huge production, um like she's making our leggings these people that we have are seriously talented they're like way overqualified for making these garments um you know other people that we have on our team have worked in costuming as well or just so many cool big things and for me that's really humbling like wow they chose to work for buttercream um so I guess it's that people relationship part that I come back to and it's more about um, a community within the brand and then a community within the uh, customer base. So there's kind of the two components and I'm trying to merge them. Like I'm trying to introduce our seamstresses and our team members to our customer base so they can have this bit of a relationship outside of just wearing the garments they made.
0: But you're doing that. Like I, I notice on Instagram, it's always like the introduction to each person in a little kind of bio. But what I feel from you as you talk about your employees is it's interesting. It's like because you're placing such like, and I'd name it love, like love and value and respect of your employees. It's interesting how your product oozes that. So it's almost like because of your focus and passion and, you know, importance on your employees, your customers we feel that
1: (laughs) good that's what i want and i often don't see that end of it so it's really nice to hear that um i hope every garment people wear they understand it was made with love and very intentionally every part of it from the designing to the sampling like we sample garments so much probably 10 to 12 different samples to get the perfect fit for all sizes not just one size Um, So there is so much thought that goes into it. And I'm kind of on autopilot these days. Like I know the process. I know step, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I know all those. So we do it over and over. But when I take a step back and look at what it's actually doing on a big scale, like that feels really good that it's working. And that I hope that translates to people feeling what we're doing. And I think that's happening. It's just, um, it's a lot, you know, like it's a lot before it hits the market.
0: Well, I, I can only speak as one customer, but I could say it's certainly felt from everything I've seen on your feeds, like in social media and just hearing you like just ooze, as I said, the love for your team. It's It's pretty impressive and it is felt in your products for sure.
1: Yeah, they're so important. Our team members, they're like family. They really are. And we get to know them very well. Um, my mom has a saying that you're only as unhappy as your unhappiest child. <laughs> and I feel that about my team. Like if they're sick or if there's something going on, it's like, we are so invested in this, um, this, like other level of our relationship. So yeah, I think that's just how things have happened and I love people. I'm a people person. So it's kind of natural that I've taken them under my wing as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a, a moment of gratitude for everybody within your company who makes I'll use that word, delicious, those delicious products uh, that we all get to wear. So a celebration, a round of applause for all your team and everything they do. So fantastic job for the whole group, for sure. Curious to get your perspective here. Your focus, no doubt, on the people, you can already hear that. So the people within your company, but also the people, your customers, how you make it or, or the people you make it for. OK, mm-hmm. I'm curious, how do you think these ethical brands such as yourself can impact society? So just even as a company, but also as an individual kind of shopper, how do you think these brands can impact us on a bigger scale?
1: Yeah. So when you talk about ethical slow fashion, um, I think a lot of people get really overwhelmed I think a lot of people come into it and think about, you know, a capsule wardrobe mm-hmm. or moving into slow fashion as a consumer. Um, it feels like a lot of people have this uh, vision in their head where they've got to throw everything away that they own first and then invest thousands of dollars into slow fashion. And that's certainly not the case. I don't think that that's responsible. So talking about, um, Starting in with slow fashion or starting in with local ethically made garments, whether it's yourself or your children or whoever is in your family, um, I think like just just take it one bit at a time. So if there's and really focus on the pieces that you're going to wear. So if there's a garment that you love, like a pair of pants, for instance, that you know you're going to wear, um, I think as a consumer getting into that type of uh, world, just taking it slowly and being really conscious of what do you actually need. Um, responsible purchasing is such a big thing in this world Uh, the way that I think our business impacts society I hope is to create this community again this this belonging place whether or not you're purchasing um, even if you're just following along and watching like that for us is awesome if people can be part of that Um, another way to impact society I think is like I say the people involved in the brand whether they're the people making the garments or working for us Um, and then As a whole, as a brand, I think just building more awareness, uh, whether it's to other brands, other ethical local brands, um, maybe awareness as to how garments are made, maybe uh, making more responsible decisions in other places that we're purchasing. I think all of these little things add up. You know, there's that saying where uh, if one person does everything perfectly, it's not as good as if a whole bunch of people do most things imperfectly. Like, I think if we do little changes as a whole, we can get there. Um, And I say it myself, I don't find everything ethical and local. I've got four kids. We're not spending thousands of dollars on clothing, but we do the best we can. There's other options. Um, We certainly promote, uh, for instance, we'll talk about later, but like the buy sell trade group. We have a, a group that you can sell your buttercream on used. I have nothing to do with it. It's run by customers. Um, You can purchase used buttercream. So like that's a good little way to get into it. Or we have flash sales, for instance, where we do discounted items to make things more accessible for the public. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think there's like a lot right now that we can take control of, even if it feels like everything is out of control. Making these small decisions, these little conscious um, efforts will certainly add up over time. I really believe that.
0: Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more the concept even of slow fashion, like technically that there impacts society, even like our environment or, you know, that kind of mass purchasing kind of mentality. But let's dig deep on that term for a second. Can you explain what slow fashion actually means?
1: Yeah, so slow fashion um I feel like in the last few years has become quite the catchphrase. It wasn't really talked about before. I don't think a lot of people knew about it. Um and we didn't know like growing up when I was growing up, we didn't know we were buying fast fashion. We were just buying clothes at the mall. You didn't call it fast fashion or slow fashion. Mm-hmm. So slow fashion, the term lends itself to things being made in smaller batches, smaller quantities. I always talk in baking terms, like batches. I don't, (laughs) that's probably proper. um, smaller quantities. So smaller runs, um, slow fashion lends itself to how it's made. Is it ethical? Is it responsible? Is it, you know, all of the conscious decisions we're making? Um, what else? Slow fashion is certainly talking about waste. So, our waste when it comes to making the garments—what's left over, what's getting done with these scraps—are um, we trying to be as, you know, um, conscious and as um, thoughtful as possible with decisions? So when we're making a garment, for instance, we're trying to get the best fabric utilization out of the fabric as possible, and that comes down to how we design a pattern. You know how much fabric can we use with this specific pattern um what can we add in there so if we've got scraps when we're cutting shirts for instance we'll make a bunch of scrunchies with those scraps um, so really those decisions around waste has become a really big discussion um, and what are you doing with your returns and exchanges like we make a lot of really uh, thoughtful decisions to make sure that we're not wasting more than we have to so that's what slow fashion means. It also means you don't get your things right away. Buddy, so. yeah, as um, you're talking, I'm like,
0: the only thing I associate yeah. it with, and you're exactly. adding so much value here. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, the only thing I associate it with is it takes longer, right? It's not Literally that slow. immediate gratification. <laughs> which I like to, you know, give a shout out to your company again for helping me with my patience and helping <laughs> me live in the land of a little bit more slow fashion as as opposed to the immediate gratification, gratification, I think it is very beneficial for us as individuals to kind of practice that way.
1: I agree. And it's a challenge as a business owner and it's a challenge as a consumer too. Um, I've been in that boat where you order something and you've got to wait for it. So in this world of immediate gratification and super short attention spans, that's probably our biggest challenge Um is educating people about how that works and what that means. So slow fashion for us, the way we do our launches and put products out into the world, we've got two avenues right now. We've got freshly baked, which is another baking term, uh, which means it's ready to ship. It's on the shelf. We've made a batch of these garments. Now that can be, that can mean like a hundred pieces or a thousand pieces. Um, So we only make what we're very confident that we're going to sell first of all, to be successful and profitable. And second of all, to really watch our waste, So I don't want to make 800 garments and have 600 left over. Mm -hmm. So freshly baked, we make a bunch, put it on the shelf, list it on the site and that sells really quickly. And that ships really quickly within, usually within days when the team is caught up on orders. So it'll ship in one or two days, you get your product within the same week. It's like that immediate gratification effect there. But the downside to that is they do sell really quickly. So, even if you went it, you get on the site and it's sold out. That is definitely the downside of slow fashion is you may not get it. And that's been a big education piece is um, making sure people are prepared. Like this is a small batch. I'm very serious when it's going to sell out in 10 minutes. I'm not trying to market with scarcity um, <laughs> complex, but it literally does. And people do get upset about it. And I understand it's frustrating, but we'll do another one and another one. So every few months we'll bring back the same product different colors and it's available again. And then the second side of that, I know this is lengthy, but this is the whole slow fashion component um, is pre-sale. So pre-sale goes on the site. We have photos of our models wearing these garments and then you pick your size and color. Um, It's all listed on the site and this is what takes so long. So pre-sale orders come in, the seamstresses then get the order. They get about a hundred pieces a week, uh, depending on the seamstress, depending on their team too, because some seamstresses have their own team husband or wife or people under them, the whole thing. Um, It's cut, it's sewn, it's brought to the warehouse. It's usually a a one or two week turnaround. Mm -hmm. But when we have 1500 orders in the queue, that one or two weeks becomes very long because then we're waiting for all the seamstresses to get caught up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the pre-sale process at Boxing Week. The length for shipping is 10 to 12 weeks, which is a long time. Mm Um, we really thought that out and made sure to have spring pieces in the collection. So in March, we'll be into spring. Um, So that's what it means. Slow fashion is, you just can't get everything you want right away. It's just not how it can
0: be. But I think that's like, so... (sighs) It's funny, even as you're describing slow fashion, because I was thinking like it just takes a lot longer, but as you're educating, like as you're naming how, you know, it helps your company be less wasteful. It helps us be more intentional. It helps us in a way, technically be ethical too, is what you're describing, right? So, and the fact that you share that information with your customers I think it's it's such a big win for that understanding to know why it's taking long or to know what you're supporting by waiting you know kind of thing it feeds that patience I think it is or understanding whatever you want to call it yeah
1: and then on the flip side I think it's um really helping how many people to understand that the garments, because there's so much care taken in the production of them, um, that they're not disposable, mm-hmm. like that, that whole attitude. These garments are meant to last for years and seasons. And that's why we do stand behind our product. If things, if something arrives and it's not perfect, we want to know about it, honestly. Um, and these garments, it's our responsibility to make them well, so they do last for years. Um, I like to talk about the price per wear mm-hmm. as well people look at the garments and I know buttercream is one of we're one of the less expensive, um, slow fashion brands. Mm -hmm. Um, but if anyone looks at the garment and he's like, wow, that's a lot for a t-shirt. I think of it rather than having a $19 t-shirt that you'll throw away after a season, Mm -hmm. if you purchase this garment and it lasts you for three or four years and you wear it 20 times a year, hopefully, or more, Mm -hmm. you know, once every two weeks. And that's, that's pretty easy to achieve. Um, you can work that math out and if you've gotten 60 or 70 wears out of this garment, you can certainly figure out that math. And that's, that's where I like to focus is the garment we're buying quality, which means that we don't have to necessarily buy as much and um, it's not disposable. The purpose of the brand is that it's not disposable clothing.
0: But it's so like to speak off of that, it is the quality, right? Like I think my, my favorite as, like there's so many pieces there, <laughs> they are just so soft, but the t-shirts are something like I love the V-necks and it's just like, I think those are probably the things that, and the hoodie, it's the thing I've had the longest and you cannot tell the difference between that and my new stuff. Yeah. Like it's just great quality clothing and you like, I wash it after like twice or whatever, or three times, depending on what it is. And there's like no nubbies kind of like, it doesn't deteriorate. It doesn't, the material doesn't give way. It's just great quality clothing too. So you're right. Like instead of buying maybe that $20 shirt looks appealing and you get it really quick, but how long are you going to have it for? And how many of them do you need to get kind of thing?
1: Yeah. and the waste you think about all the processes behind that all of the waste that goes into it and um it's just it's just hard it's hard to jump into this whole new world as a consumer if you don't think about that and consider this um that being said we do like to have things as affordable as possible but being made in Canada especially now with inflation and the huge. supply chain issues wow is it ever a challenge so I get it, I hear that once in a while. Um, I would say 99.9% of our community understands why things cost what they do. But for new people, it's certainly a learning curve. Um, and I also get this other this other thing that happens sometimes on social media is people be like, why don't you make more? Or why do, why does that sell out so fast? Or, you know, you're doing this on purpose, you're only making a certain amount so that it sells out. And that's a really interesting um, comment. So I always look at that I'm like, hmm. I wonder what someone is thinking to get them to this this comment. Yeah. Um, but we honestly are making as much as we can responsibly sell um, and what we can afford to. We always like to stay within that. So I think that as a business owner, when you're talking about production and launches and all of the things that we're doing to keep the business rolling, these decisions are just super important to think about and make sure that you're very, very intentional about what you're putting into the world so you don't have waste um but of course I want everyone to have everything like that if we did a launch and we had every single customer that showed up and got what they wanted that would be such a win for me but that crystal ball does not exist yet (laughs) but can this come
0: on like listen to what your product too right you know the fact that you you are making the ethical decision you're making. And sometimes that's a hard decision. That means, no, you're not going to get it right away. No, you have to wait. But again, I can speak from a consumer perspective here. Once you get a pair of those leggings and you (laughs) wait the 12 weeks, you will (laughs) never complain about waiting again because you're getting such a great quality product and it is really well priced, so you're th- making those decisions. You know that might be tough, and that must. You know it sounds like you really kind of it's hard for, for it you. Is for me. <laughs> you want people to get it, but know that you're also creating a shit ton of responsible customers right now. Like you're helping people make better choices, and I think the less that we can get that you know, immediate gratification, the more we pause, the more we reflect, the more we get conscious on what we're purchasing. And that that's a win for all of us, Candace. So, you know, I promise good it might be, it might not be an immediate win for them, but it is a win yeah. for the bigger collective.
1: <laughs> it's it's good to hear for like the greater good. It's just, um, <laughs> yeah, these are the things that keep me up at night. I'm like, should I make 500 of this or 900? Nope, 200, nope, 400. But we're getting pretty smart with our, um, are looking back at previous years and what sold well, what didn't, what colors we're doing. Like we're getting, we're really honing in on that. Um, but yeah, these are the things I think about daily um, in production. That's just what's in our minds, you know?
0: You don't have a crystal ball, you know, my recommendation <laughs> no. get on the VP, VIP list <laughs> and you will, everyone right. You'll get like that heads up. And I usually always get, and the things I yeah. need to wait for, I see it as an opportunity to practice my patience even though I still pester you
1: <laughs> No, don't. I think it's the education part too so important is that um having transparency and we talk about it on many platforms we have a checkbox at checkout saying exactly when you can expect your order That's super smart confirmation email has has the ship out dates um Instagram Facebook like I think just the education component is important too um and people learn they get it and they figure it out and then they can also know do I want to do this? Do I not want to make this decision? Some people only buy freshly baked. Some people only shop on our ready to ship flash sales because they don't want to wait. And that's fine too. Like we're just trying to provide these avenues um, and just be really smart and intentional about it. I think as a business, that's our
0: responsibility. I love that you take that on and you really embrace that as your own responsibility. It's a very... Again, going back to leadership, it's very accountable leadership, you know, (laughs) living and breathing what you're trying to create. And that's respectful. That's, yeah, that's very respectful. So awesome job again. Um, As we kind of round out the conversation, we've talked a little bit about it. But for people who are wanting to support more of those ethical brands or those ethical decisions what would it look like? Because you mentioned like such a big piece because I always see this, you know, we always want to do it all or nothing kind of thing. Everything has to be. And I love how you brought up your own transparency piece of, you know what, I'm not even doing every second or every single piece as, you know, um, that ethical brand or ethical purchasing. But what does it look like to start to make more of those conscious ethical decisions from your perspective?
1: So talking about that from a brand perspective and um, advising a consumer of how to start this, this process or this um, journey, you could say. First of all, I would recommend to find some great influencers if you're on social media, if you like social media. Um, one of my favorites is Jackie Schwitter. Her Instagram is The Curvy Capsule. Um, so finding people that know more than you and have been down this road for far longer than you is so great. Um, just seeing like what they recommend, what they've done, trials and errors, I'm finding when I have these conversations with people, they tell me what they did wrong. And that's what I really learned from. So for instance, I interviewed Jackie on Instagram, Jacqueline Twitter. Um, So interesting. She was saying how in the beginning of her journey with getting into slow fashion, being more um, intentional about her purchases, she literally wanted to throw everything she owned away (laughs) and start new. And That is, I think that's such a um, overwhelming response is that people think they need to like Mm -hmm. have a clean slate. So first and foremost, love what you have, whatever it is, wherever it's from, just love it and wear it and use it. And if you don't love it, then I recommend not having it. Um, And then as you're going along, if you see a thing you need, like a garment that you need, or you see there's a, a gap in your wardrobe, think about the decision you can make to purchase something from an ethical brand. And I'm not speaking just from me. Like there are lots of great ethical brands out there. So let's say it's work pants or it's something that's really important to your everyday life. Um, as you can, popping one garment into your wardrobe, um, will make a difference as a whole. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach That's my big, that's my big takeaway. It's and huge. then making other small choices, like maybe doing, um, second hand. I love second hand. I'm such a big fan of it, whether it's for myself or the kids um, or consigning. I love it. Uh, We donate a lot of buttercream pieces that don't work for resale. For instance, if we have a tiny stain on it from the machine where the oil from the sewing machine gets on it, we donate to some great local charities that they can either remove that stain or um, just donate it and give it away. But I love that whole I don't want to say recycle, but that whole like life of garment, the life cycle. So donating, buying secondhand, um, buy, sell, trade groups. Like there's so much of that you can do that's affordable and that is very sustainable. I really think secondhand is a great sustainable thing. So the small choices, like these decisions that might seem overwhelming or I'm not going to make a difference as one person, I think that narrative we have in our head Um, it's just very powerful. So we need to get over that and just think about what is one thing we can do. Maybe it's one thing a month or, um, a couple things a year. It doesn't
0: have to be an all or nothing approach to it. That is so perfectly said. Yes, that's exactly it. Because it is hard. Like as somebody who's consciously trying to do better, um, you know, with my environmental impact is something that's been conscious for me. It's hard because you do just want to go that all or nothing kind of thing. And then you slip up and you're like, ah but it's like, oh wait a second. Every small choice that I make that's in more in line with that ethical purchasing, that's a step forward, right? That's something to be celebrate. That's something yeah. we talked about and encourage about or encourage others about, but also feel really good that you took that step and did it. So I really like that don't um, shame yourself or should yourself yeah. into that abrupt kind of overhaul.
1: I think that translates into people's whole lives so whether it's clothing or food or um you know our recycling processes or whatever we're doing I think like as we get more thoughtful of these things that we're doing or living in um it just becomes second nature to think oh could we do this better is there another way um is there a workaround or something simple Um, I think that's a great way to be creative. And I know a lot of us are overwhelmed right now and just like bombarded by too much information. But if we can simply do one thing or follow one person or join a conversation about um, fashion, and maybe that means just watching what goes on online with the brand and looking at their stories and seeing what they're doing behind the scenes, like that type of stuff is easy. And over time, it becomes, you're just educated and it becomes second nature. I think that's, um, just don't get overwhelmed with it.
0: And it's easy to right, like it's easy because I can remember when I was trying to figure out what shampoo and what soap am I going to buy that really supports more of what I'm in line with a little bit more uh, lately. And it took a lot like it took a whole bunch of research and even then I'm like there's no one telling me what I should do (laughs) or like what is kind of a more ethical brand because everything I find is like perspective right like some people see it as ethical but some people you know, maybe, um, maybe see it a little bit differently than you. So I think it all goes back to me. And what I'm trying to bring it back to is how you started us at the beginning, Canvas. Not only in your own practice, but what you encourage customers to do is ask the questions, you know, about educate ourselves and be willing to start a conversation. Reach out to the person making the product or, you know, look into it a little bit more just to see if it supports what you want to support in your purchasing.
1: Yeah, I love that. That like values, your values aligning with whatever you're doing. That's so, um, it's so great right now. We've got all these resources at hand and so much information. Um, It may take a bit of digging, but I'm a big believer in that. And I do a lot of research when it comes to different things we're bringing into the house or bringing into the family like that. Um, It's just nice to get yourself set up in the right path. And then once you're there, it's quite easy to know what to do it's just getting started right
0: but and it's also to like i find when we can share that information with others like i think that's such a beautiful thing so knowing that your company does it it was like yes i w- <laughs> i want to bring candace on i want to talk about this but it's also sharing it like i know my cousin was actually the one who um put your brand on the radar for me. And by her willing to share that information, that got me to be a loyal customer because I got curious and I started looking up. So I try to pass that on when I see good products or when I see people doing great things. And so not only do I find it kind of serving the future of humanity, but I feel it, it helps share that you know, that quality information so that people can make better choices for themselves as well. And that, um,
1: that part about sharing information, whether it's brand to brand or consumer to consumer, um, I think that's awesome. Like that community that I, I know a lot of people are lacking right now. Um, it just makes you feel like you belong. So we never want to be this elitist thing where it's like, Oh, made in Canada, no one can achieve this or afford this but um that nice community that comes out of information and sharing um that's such a cool thing for me to see and i see it in real time especially on our vip group there's 2600 people in there and the stuff that gets posted in there and the beautiful comments it's like a, a beautiful pocket of positivity and we keep it that way and it, that's what it's there for um and whether or not they're buying the product that's another thing i like to stress it's you don't have to buy to be a part of it it's just to be there and support each other. That's what the world needs right now. That's what I
0: love. Well, your product definitely does it. And I totally agree. If you ever want to feel that burst of love, upload yourself (laughs) in a picture. (laughs) It's just so much positive encouragement. Like it's so much niceties and support of each other. You know that empowering feeling. So it's nice. It's nice to see a product that's so based on that empowerment, encouragement, not only of your own product, but also of your customers. So on behalf of your customers, I will definitely say thank you for all of the quality work that you choose to do. Because like I always say, I'm a firm believer as us individuals, we have the power to impact each other. And so when we make better choices, we help. I really do feel that future generation or the future collective live a little bit better by making those maybe harder choices today thank you it's people like you and
1: honestly without the people supporting the brand we wouldn't be here um it's it's been quite the journey over the last nine years and it's very humbling to see the reception that we get so without uh customers that believe in us and trust us there's so much trust there and then spread the word because a huge amount of our um, business growth is word of mouth it wouldn't be anything so it's very very cool to see it it's super humbling because you know what you want from a, a business or what your intention is starting out but to see it happening is like pretty gratifying and there are a lot of struggles along the way but this is also rewarding like the I'll get a beautiful email once a day or so and just like that's why we're doing this you know that's the purpose of running this business and it's not like we're saving lives but at the same time it's pretty cool to
0: see the people it affects them in some small way and it does a positive ripple out into humanity Candice so thank you <laughs> so with that being said it's kind of like we talked about ethics and so much more um, but it's like I don't know I kind of want to wrap the podcast off by even saying anything that you see that's empowering or supporting what you want to support in life, even giving those shout outs, those acknowledgements, like I love it how you said that positive email, like we can all send that positive email, you know, what product is really speaking to us or maybe what friend or what person is really living those actions that we want to encourage in humanity. And I feel, again, it gives us that that power to ripple that positivity out into humanity. So just just something to consider as you listen to this podcast today. Maybe you wrap up, maybe you send a nice little email to somebody that you want to support. So thanks for giving that <laughs> encouragement, Candice.
1: Oh, it's so nice. When I get that, I often send it to the whole entire team. I'm like, everyone, just so you know, stop packing orders and take a minute to read this. Like when we have our heads down working, no matter what we're doing, um it's just nice to be reminded of the effect it has and there's so much of that we can do in every day it doesn't have to be about work or it doesn't have to be about the brand itself that I'm doing um such a small thing and there's just so much that we can um plant these seeds of positivity That, like you say these ripples that will grow um, I think we can forget that very easily. And I'm often reminded like, Oh, wow, <laughs> we can do something so simply. And um, so authentically, that will actually change people's lives in some ma- some manner. So yeah, I do love that. And that's why I was so happy to come on here. I just love what you're doing. So thank you for having me.
0: It's been a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> Thank you for making My pleasure. the delicious clothing.
1: <laughs> it's just so
0: soft and so flattering. It's like, who knew you could be extremely comfortable and have extremely flattering clothes on as well. But you can with buttercream.
1: <laughs> it's um yeah, it's funny how it's how it's evolved, but it's certainly a pleasure. Like I say often, we're so lucky to get to be able to do this for our job. Like what a cool job that is. My kids are constantly like very impressed <laughs> with the things we get to do. Um so to have this lifestyle come to fruition for me is very, very rewarding and then passing down um you know these bonuses, these pluses, these wins to the team, they can see it too. Like that is kind of the end all be all that feels like full circle. Um, yeah, anyways, it's, we're very privileged. We're very lucky to do this.
0: Well, thank you for doing what you do. And thanks so much, Candace, for coming on and being part of today. Anything wrapping up, ending the session, anything you want to encourage people, any last bit of advice that you want to give? Yeah, I think
1: it's like with anything Um, and even myself starting the business, it was so overwhelming. There's so much to learn. Um, Just do one thing at a time, one step at a time. And I'm a very big goal setter when it comes to the business. So if you want to make a bit of a difference and get into maybe it's slow fashion or maybe it's, um, I don't know, some sort of community work or um recycling or some lifestyle change maybe it's eating more locally anyways anything you want to do whatever is on your radar i think like i'm a big person a big goal person where i write things down so write one thing down i want to do this one thing this month or this one thing this week um i'm a big believer in my i do three things a day. my main three things i like to accomplish and usually it's business stuff so like abc um i write it down and get it done And then you can move on to the next thing. So consuming these tidbits of progress um, will get you to a bigger place in a year or two from now. So that's what I want to leave people with. It's just like one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't feel like you got to burn your whole closet down. Um, Just think about it very, very intentionally again and do one thing. Maybe it's one thing a year. So yeah, I don't think reinventing the wheel needs to happen.
0: Just a very tangible piece is a smart way to do it. I love this shout out to in way, Be a little mm. bit more conscious. Absolutely. With that being said, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. Thank you so much, Candice, again to you and your team. So we'll give another shout out to all the fantastic work that's done at your company. Thank you for making the harder decisions. Thank you for educating your customers and for putting such great quality uh, pieces of delicious clothing out into the world. So thanks. For the listeners, thank you everybody for tuning in. Hopefully there's one piece that you can take away and you can start to action out into your day-to-day. So remember, it doesn't have to be everything all at once, maybe trying to be a little bit more conscious about what you support, what you purchase, and what you kind of support out in the bigger world, the bigger collective. It's all up to you. With that being said, never, ever forget in all the busyness of our day to day, take the time to power yourself.